0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, this week's podcast. We are uh, going into this weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, which uh, hopefully you're able to catch one of our services here on uh, your Sunday morning or Monday night. Uh, uh, I am uh, Vicar DeBoer. Uh, I am here with uh, music director, Paul Heiser. Uh, and again, we're looking at uh, this week's epistle lesson from Philemon.
1: And it's the one and only time that Philemon appears in our in our series of readings, our lectionary. Yeah,
0: in the three-year lectionary. At, yeah, at, yeah. Least yeah. That
1: I, at least that I could find. It was the okay. only. It's the only time. Well, it's such a short book to start with. It's it's. Twenty-five it's one verses. It's one <laughs> one long chapter.
0: Yeah, and and I, I found it interesting now, you know looking at it that they didn't uh, they left out four verses out of the lectionary.
1: Oh, the at the very end. <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, very yeah. end at yeah, the very end. Yeah. Um, Well, shall we begin with with daily prayer? uh, Yes, let's begin.
0: Yes, we'll begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea.
1: Hear me and answer. me.
0: Evening, morning, and noon.
1: I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice.
0: Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you.
1: He will never let the righteous fall. Glory Glory be to to the the Father, and to the 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 Son,
0: and to the the Holy Spirit. Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will
1: be forever. Amen. So what else What else uh, do we need to know about, about Philemon before we actually jump into it? It's, it's the shortest, one of the shortest of Paul's letters, and it's right at the end of that series of all, all his letters before we go into the, the things that, that John authored, right? Yeah. Well, we don't know who authored yeah. Hebrews, or do we know?
0: Uh, yeah, Hebrews, oh, I, I'd have to look at it to remember exactly. I, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was Paul. or, um, But yeah, it's uh, right before the book of Hebrews. Right. Uh, and uh, it's uh, one of Paul's uh, letters. that He wrote it in 60 AD uh, was, uh, when he was uh, imprisoned in Rome. Uh, he was under house arrest in Rome. It uh, was one thing to note. Uh, I think it's one of, I, I read about, I think four epistles that he wrote while in prison. Uh, and you know, we 'll kind of get that sense here right at the beginning mm-hmm. when we jump into it here, um, but you know kind of before we start I, I was thinking about you know last week we, we talked about this idea of uh, you know, brotherly love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this epistle now this week is kind of a good example of you know Christian love, uh, you know as Paul writes to Philemon regarding uh, Onesimus uh, you know their brother in Christ. Uh, which is who actually is Philemon's slave? Which is kind of put it into the context as we're going into it here.
1: Um, do we know where they were located? Because a lot of the other epistles were are directed to a church in a certain hmm. location. Do we know where Philemon was located?
0: Uh, I don't know right off the bat.
1: Okay, well, sorry, yeah. sorry to hit you with a question that, that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, had prepared for, but it just it just struck me this that that all the other ones are named after places, and, and but this is after a person. actually to an
0: individual, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, you know, Paul, could you read just verses one to seven?
1: Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and all the saints, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you.
0: Yeah, thank you. So in this opening part of you know, Philemon, uh, he uh, Paul does follow in kind of his usual pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he starts with you know an opening um, you know, in verse one, which uh, normally then you know he he' will always have his name right at the beginning. And then uh, from there he'll, you know, you know, here he describes himself as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, um, and uh, we'll discuss that here in just a few moments.
1: That's the first, yeah, first reference there.
0: Yeah, first reference. Yeah. Uh, then he goes into the salutation, then Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, this is typical, you know, in his letters, in his epistles.
1: And the salutation is the one that yeah. pastors it's very familiar, it, isn't yeah, it? very familiar yeah. because yeah. pastors borrow that for the beginning of their sermons.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess I've gotten into uh, in my sermons lately of just, you know, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, which, is which is equally fine. fine yeah, uh, I guess for, for me, uh, you know, not being ordained, I, I feel like I've, you know, I'll just start with that and maybe once I'm ordained, I'll start with the other. But.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you feel less qualified to borrow Paul's words quite quite yet? <laughs>
0: well, I it's, like it's a personal preference at this point, oh, yeah. I guess. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Uh, so, you know, here, uh, I, I'm kind of looking at this as, you know, Paul beginning here in verse 1 and uh, this, these first few verses, really what he's doing here, I think he, he seems to be kind of building credibility. Uh, You know, I just think of, uh, you know, you you think of just a a regular speech, a public uh, speaking uh, thing. You know, they always say, you always begin with building credibility. And, uh, you know, when he describes himself as a prisoner of Christ, um, you know, really what he's doing is, he's kind of, you know, looking forward to verse 10 when he starts to talk about Onesimus. You know, he refers to himself as prisoner. But Onesimus was a prisoner of Philemon, mm-hmm. uh, so he's kind of setting, a, establishing a commonality between the two of them here.
1: But it's also, I mean, it's a continuation of his of his introduction. Like, like, yeah. why, mm-hmm. why am I writing you? What is what mm-hmm. is the reason that I'm writing yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, kind of sets the stage
0: really right. for what he's going right. he, to be. Right before he before
1: he launches into his uh, his more more substantive
0: yeah. comment of yep. the letter. So, yeah, I guess I uh, uh, was talking about Onesimus here, you know, um, establishing this commonality. Um, but then right after that, um, he gives, you know, and Timothy, our brother, uh, you know, Paul will uh, often do that. He'll, he'll add names, you know, along with him. And really what this is uh, kind of conveying is that, you know, these other individuals he names, like Timothy here in this case, that, you know, that he and his associates, they all preach and teach the same gospel. Uh, so he's just including uh, you know, Timothy in as uh, because addressing Philemon, um, uh, but I guess I, I do want to uh, also refer here to here uh, with Paul describing himself as a prisoner. You know, in, in the other epistles, you'll often hear him describe himself. You know, Paul. You know, I Paul, an apostle, or I Paul, you know, a slave, you know, uh, for Christ. Uh, but this is the only time where he refers to himself as a prisoner, um, <clears throat> you know, and the, I won't get into the you know, Greek with that at all. But uh, you know, there's, there are different words that are used,
1: and it's it's not insignificant um, because he draws analogies later that you know you're not just a prisoner in a, in a literal sense of the word, but you're a prisoner to your sin. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and uh, you know, and really. Uh, I'd like to almost see this you know as we go forward here with this uh in the following verses when he begins his appeal to philemon uh kind of think of it kind of as uh a, a kind of a Christological or christ the centered message he's kind of conveying here too uh which will we'll kind of run into that as we go along but um but, you know, uh, Paul also here, he gives the traditional blessing of grace, uh, which uh, we said is uh, familiar to us. You know, as pastors begin their sermons. Uh, you know, But by doing this, he begins with Jesus Christ. And then uh, also then, at the end of the epistle, he ends with Jesus Christ, uh, which also is a you know, pattern we follow with our sermons as well. Um, but, you know, he... Uh, in his thanksgiving, then he, uh, you know, he, uh, prayer. Uh, this idea of prayer. Uh, he he prayed for his fellow Christians. Then often, you know, he would give thanks for their faith, and and uh, their fellowship in the ministry. And he's doing that right here too, like he does in his other epistles.
1: He's always trying to be encouraging to those outside who are yeah. carrying <laughs> forth his work, because obviously he's he's in prison. He can't he can't be doing it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh um yeah, and really how those outside of you know the prison are how, how much of a help they are in this ministry. Um, you know, just uh you know, he talked he he says to Philemon, you know, for I've derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Uh you know, he's, he's heard about you know Philemon and his uh you know what he's done, and he's uh, he's refreshed by that. You know he's uh, he's thankful for that. And so you know with this, you know he's kind of set the stage. He has kind of uh, kind of you know, started. You know he had the salutation, and he's kind of leading up now to uh, kind of the substantive part of his letter now, uh, where uh, we'll actually get now in uh, verse eight through sixteen. And uh, this is kind of what he's writing about: is uh, talking about Onesimus, who is a slave of Philemon, and he's going to appeal to him to uh, free him uh, as a uh, as a slave. Uh, So, could you, uh, Paul, could you read uh, verses eight to sixteen?
1: Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not, be, might not be by compulsion, but of your own free will. For this is perhaps why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord.
0: So in this section, you know, he begins his appeal to Philemon. Uh, in the you started with verse eight there, uh, he's kind of giving a gentle persuasion uh, for Philemon to imitate God's love and grace by uh, freeing the slave uh, Onesimus. Um, you know, and you know, even just kind of with, with that thought in mind, we're already kind of getting this uh, language, you know, of you know Christ. He has set us free from our slavery to sin. Uh, you know, we have been set free from our sins by God's love and grace. Uh, you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Uh, and the, so, really, that's what you know Paul is telling Philemon here to do, persuading him to uh, you know, out of love and grace, to free the slave.
1: So he's making the analogy that Philemon. Is it, is it is it is he equating Philemon more with Christ or for, or more with God that that he's making the appeal that that, that Philemon has the ultimate authority to to buy grace, uh, uh, set him free.
0: Yeah, yeah. He uh, and the, I don't know if he's necessarily you know you know putting Philemon on you know that you know level in the analogy, but just more you know just to imitate you know you know God's grace. And uh, his, uh, his love you know, by doing this.
1: Well, you could look at Paul as being mm-hmm. like Christ because he's the intercessor. Yeah, right? he's
0: interceding, right? And, yeah, 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 Like Christ yeah. intercedes for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Um,
1: and, and that Philemon, you know, Philemon isn't bound to show that grace, but he appeals to him um, out of that kindness and, and, mm-hmm. and love. To, to do it, I mean, he he could he could be coerced to do it, but Paul is is appealing to his his sense of grace and mercy mm-hmm. to do it for that reason.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. taking more of a gentle approach. A here, gentle approach. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in the, uh, verse nine, uh, he uh, describes himself, you know, as an old man. Uh, you know, Paul may not be all that old here, but uh, he certainly is. Uh, you know more mature in the faith uh older in the faith uh yeah, and he definitely was older in age than Philemon, but uh that's kind of more what he's referring to here is uh just i think his uh, experience in the
1: faith that has to be it because I didn't know why else he would drop that into this passage why 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 does it matter that he he feels he's feeling his age <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. um you know, then verse ten uh, refers referring to Onesimus as his son. He uh, you know, wasn't his biological son by any means, but uh, rather he was. You know, you know, he became his father while in prison. Paul is referring to him as a son in the faith. Uh, so in a sense, then he's a spiritual father. Uh, so I, uh, um, the understanding then is that. Uh, that Onesimus became a Christian, you know, uh, you know through Paul. He uh, that's uh, that he administered to him. And you know, I guess uh, how many of us can uh, think of the one individual who you know, has, has been a father in the faith to us? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we could uh, we could be our pastors, or an elder in the church, or uh, someone else, an older uh, gentleman. Uh, in the church
1: so. yeah and that that is is his role is um i mean ministering to this population and and, and mm-hmm. wherever they happen to be located yep. that he was the one that brought him to faith mm-hmm. and maybe that's also why he mentions timothy you know way back in the introduction mm-hmm. maybe timothy had had a hand or 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 some role in bringing him to faith
0: yep yeah and then verse eleven, uh, you know, he talks about uh, you know that Onesimus, you know, he had been useless, um, uh, you know, before he had rebelled and ran away, uh, but now you know he is a Christian, and uh, and really there's some uh, actually some wordplay going on here. Uh, actually, the the meaning of Onesimus means useful, uh, hmm. you know, so uh, which is uh, interesting. Uh, uh, word, word play that Paul has, uh, uses here um, but you know he believes that now because he is a Christian that he will be able to help in the ministry of Philemon and, and Paul but he continues then you know verses 12 through 15 he uh, you, you begin he continues this gentle persuasion approach you know he's trying to guide Philemon to make the right decision he's not trying to coerce him into it but uh rather in uh letting philemon come to that final conclusion uh um, this the, is a decision to make
1: and the language of this whole past passage is just very it's not heavy-handed in the least no. it's the no. exact opposite it's very gentle like yeah you can do this do this out of love do it out of out of grace and mercy yeah it's it's yep. yeah very gentle in yeah that way. very
0: gentle yeah then in uh, verse uh, 16, then uh, he urges Philemon to accept Onesimus as a brother in the faith. Uh, so again, that kind of kind of brings us back to last week's uh, epistle, the brotherly uh, love. Um,
1: well, and actually breaking down this hierarchy between slave and, and and master. Yeah. That they're they're both brothers in the faith. One isn't above the other. Mm-hmm.
0: You know he, he's trying to uh, let's see. So uh, you know he has that phrase you know in the flesh and in the Lord. You know they were not related by blood, but they were now brothers in Christ, and uh, you know, that's uh, kind of an important thing that Paul's trying to convey here. Like he said, trying to break down that uh, hierarchy of you know uh, master slave language, um, and you know, and really in this section just. Uh, you know, our minds do go to you know just you know how out, out of love and grace that we have been set free by Christ, uh, you know, out of God's grace that He sent His Son to to free us.
1: Uh, well, and, the, and just the um, the language of, of of being a prisoner. I mean, that that comes up so often in the in the in the the scriptures that that we're prisoners to our sinful nature.
0: Yeah. Yep. I don't think I'm missing anything in this section. I don't think. Uh, uh, so yeah, but maybe we could go on to verses 17 through 21.
1: And this is; these are not the very last verses of Philemon, uh, as you noted earlier. There's a few that are left off. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of information there that really changes the content of of what we're focusing on. Yeah, I I think what I will do after we get
0: discuss this next group, uh, I'll go ahead and read those last verses, just to say we read the entirety of Philemon.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, And actually, as I was looking back to other years when this reading has come up in our readings, uh, there was one one old bulletin I found where we added those extra Mm -hmm. verses because why not? Why, oh, else why can not? Hear the, yeah, the entirety yeah. of, of the book of Philemon. Yep, yep. So, um, uh, for right now, um, this is these are verses 17 through 21. Yep. So, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your owing me. Even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Again, a lot of gentle language. yeah, a lot
0: of gentle yeah. language here. yeah, yeah. again, um, kind of starting in verse seventeen, you know he sets his relationship with Philemon on the line, really, uh, you know in his appeal for Onesimus. Uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, he, he is interceding uh, for him. Uh, you know, much like Jesus Christ also intercedes for us you know, with God the Father. Uh, so uh, then, uh, you know, he's he offers to right any of uh, Onesimus's uh, wrongs towards Philemon to pay the debt. Yeah, pay the debt. Pay the debt. Yep. 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 Which you know, Christ has paid our debt, right? Uh, he's. Uh, he paid the atonement for our sin. And then verse 20, uh, we have uh, his uh, call to action uh, to Philemon. Uh, he is expecting that Philemon's decision will, uh, will benefit uh, Onesimus, uh, Philemon, and himself. Um, but again, like you said, he's taking this gentle approach. You know, so not to coerce him into this decision, but to just kind of guide him <laughs> there
1: yeah the benefit um uh, maybe he's you know looking for them to you know be witnesses you know to christ for him wherever that wherever they happen to be and well and just exhibit uh be a living example of, of that kind of grace and mercy i mean if people know their relationship that they had between each other um uh, and they observe this happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it would it would be a strong witness to them. It's you know, this is this is living out the Christian Christian life.
0: Yeah. So they would want to imitate that. that right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: There, and yeah, there, there's your there's your benefit. The things and he's Paul uses that language before that, mm-hmm. that it, he feels encouraged by it. Um, yeah. Refresh my heart. He mm-hmm. he wants to be encouraged to know that that they are living out that that Christian life.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I guess I can't I, again. I can't help just to think back into last week with you know imitate uh, you know remember leaders imitate their faith mm-hmm. uh, you know so here you know you, you know Paul's uh, you know this idea of imitating this love and grace. Um, in verse uh, twenty one, uh, you know, he has this language of obedience. Again, you know he is not. Uh, he does not command Philemon what to do but he 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 takes this uh, really gentle and careful approach and you know in doing this he makes clear what god would expect Philemon to do and uh, you know god willing then Philemon will uh, come to that conclusion
1: and it's you know in addition to this gentle language it's almost like he's he's kind of buttering <laughs> him up a little bit in, in this one like you know I know you'll do that and you'll, and you'll go beyond that. You'll do yep. even more than than I've, than I've told you to do. It's really, really kind of a, kind of a schmooze going on. Yeah,
0: that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'll, I'll read this, these final verses of yes, Philemon. Let's, Just let's,
1: uh, let's do this. So this is the very end of the book of Philemon. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The last four verses, Uh, and actually in the, uh, at least in the uh, subheading here in the, within the chapter, it says final greetings.
1: Uh, wow, well, which rounds out the form. There's the yeah. introduction at the beginning. Yep. So, yeah that's, yeah, that's all we're really, really missing from the reading. Yeah, of
0: Sunday. yeah. Uh, Epiphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aris, uh, Aristarchus, <laughs> Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And that is how Paul ends Philemon. He uh, began with Jesus Christ, and he ends with Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well-rounded.
0: Well-rounded, yeah, yeah. Well, Paul, what hymn do you have for us this
1: week? This week I chose one that uh, really doesn't tie in so well with Philemon, but it's a, just a general hymn that will be our, uh, our opening hymn. Um, uh, a hymn of praise that you could sing on a lot of different occasions. It's in our Lutheran service book. It's number eight hundred and two immortal, invisible, God only wise. And, um, uh, when, uh, I told you, this is the one we were going to do. You were a little unsure of, of, of whether you knew this one or not. And, and when I sang it through, did you recognize the melody?
0: I didn't necessarily recognize okay. it. No, you, okay. you got me twice, two weeks in a row here. Okay, two weeks yeah. in a row.
1: Well, <laughs> I apologize for that. It's it's <laughs> not a hymn. It's not a hymn that you think of as being specifically Lutheran. Um, and when we talk about the history of it, the background of it, that'll be you know, somewhat obvious. It um, it was a hymn that I didn't know until I had uh, a, attended uh, a Methodist service as a guest, and I heard it, and I thought oh, there's kind of a, a real pleasant little uh, tune and, and, and hymn right there, um, because it was not in the hymnal that I grew up with. I grew up with the TLH, the, the Lutheran hymnal from 1941. This this hymn was not included in there. Okay. Um, it was sung in a lot of other uh, Protestant uh, uh, churches at that uh, you know for that same period but but not it didn't appear in too many Lutheran hymns or hymnals but it did make its way into Lutheran worship which came out in 1982 and it was carried forward into the LSB our current hymnal from from 2006 so a little bit about the background of, of this hymn the author is double W Chalmers Smith who was uh, a 19th century uh, pastor in the free church of scotland and i didn't know much about the free church of scotland do you know anything about the free church of scotland
0: i don't know much about it no no.
1: it was um their their background is is they're they're from the Reformed tradition so they're they're uh also well affiliated uh with the presbyterian church so that's that's kind of the probably what, what you would guess from a church from that part of the the world that they might have that background. Mm-hmm. So as as often as the case is when we borrow things from other churches like that, we kind of look at it with the, the eye of a, you know, a Lutheran theologian, well, is, you know, is there anything in here that maybe doesn't quite fit with our theology? And, and, and there isn't. So it's one of those hymns that we can freely borrow in that way. Mm-hmm. But it does have that emphasis, um, when you think about it, on the sovereignty or the majesty of god which is something that we as lutherans tend not to emphasize quite as much in our hymns but those traditions do mm-hmm. and so this is this is a, a, a hymn that kind of extols the, the the greatness and the wonder of god which is uh, you know, certainly a very true thing but it's not something that we as lutherans is not our our first go-to thing in, in our hymns mm-hmm. so if you look at the the, the first um stanza it's a litany of names for god or his attributes immortal invisible god only wise enlightened accessible hid from our eyes most blessed most glorious the ancient of days that's such a wonderful poetic term for god the the ancient of days that he's been there for all time Uh, almighty victorious thy great name we praise you could you can hear that right there it's just lord god you are great it's just, it's just all over it.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, to me, the author did very well with, um, with. supposed to be the translators probably did very well, well with. Well, no, that. this was this
1: was penned in English. Oh, was so penned in English. In English. Okay,
0: yeah. okay. Uh, he did very well with this uh, kind of poetry here too. It, it flows very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that is the advantage of taking something that was originally written in English: is, is, you don't have to. You don't have to mess around with the translation and hopefully it comes out just as Mm -hmm. equally beautiful um and and that was one of the reasons that i think this has caught on is because it's 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 skilled poetry Mm -hmm. it's good poetry and it, it it flows off the tongue uh pretty well and fits the fits the melody very well uh too that that doesn't always happen but if a but if a text is written with the melody in mind i think it often is much more successful and I know um, Stephen Starkey, who's written a lot of Lutheran hymns in our hymnal, has said that that's how how he begins. There's a tune in his mind, and he matches the words to the tune. Okay. And I think you, you get a more successful pairing of word words and music that when you, when you take it from that uh, standpoint. Originally, this hymn was six stanzas long, and it was... Uh, Uh, conflated and chopped down into four for the version we have, Um, it was first published in 1867. Uh, There was a revision that came out in 1884, which is the one that's carried forward in most hymnals, and then for ours it's been uh, uh, economized down into these four stanzas. And that's why when you look at the bottom of the page, it lists the author's name, W. Chalmers Smith, and then it gives his dates, and at the very end it says Alt, uh, which among people that study hymnody is, you know, always, you always have to consider, well, what Alt, as if it were another person, what did Alt do to mess mess with this hymn? You know, you know it's not the original. Well, in this particular case, it's it was a, a conflation or a, a cento, different parts of it were put, put together. I don't know if you run across that term or not cento uh for hmm. hymns it hmm. just means you you're pulling together different pieces and putting them together in one okay so if you see that um, you saw that a lot, lot more frequently at the bottom of the page in the lutheran hymnal than you do uh in, in our current hymnal probably because it's a term that nobody knows anymore you you, you kind of had a look on your face <laughs> like cento what what, what does that mean? <laughs> it's a term that it's kind of fallen by the wayside but it means it comes from different sources, and it's kind of uh, stitched together okay. to make this new creation. Mm-hmm. The, um, the melody for this, the, the hymn tune, is, is called St. Denio. Well, St. Denio, it's thought that perhaps that that was uh, a misunderstanding or a, a misspelling of, of uh, Deniole, which is a Welsh saint. So um, it's a Welsh folk song. And uh, Welsh folk songs are are a lot of fun to sing. The ones that have the Welsh tunes that have made their way into our hymnal um, are ones uh, that are that are um, very popular, very easy to sing. And um, in fact, there's even whole societies of, of uh, that will gather together to sing Welsh hymns mm. because they're just fun little melodies to sing, and this is one of those melodies. So it goes by the name of of Saint Denio. Um, there is no real Saint Denio that we can we can find, which is why it's believed that it was uh, kind of a corruption of that a name of that that Welsh saint. Um, so for our purposes here, um, why don't we sing? Uh, uh, stanzas one and three. Um, stanza three, after it moves away from this, these, this litany of, of different attributes for God, um, it kind of talks about kind of God's grace and mercy. Um, uh, he gives life, um, we, and then reminds us that we are like like the grass or the, you know, the leaves of the field that we, we flourish and then we fade away, um, uh, and wither and perish, but not changes thee. So there's some old language in here, the, these and nows, uh, a lot of it has been removed to make it a little bit more efficient, um, uh, and, and clear to the modern mm-hmm. ear, but there is just because it would ruin the poetry to take too many, of to
0: those, take too many of that away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think what I'll do, I'll listen in kind of this first stanza oh, okay, just sure. to get familiar with it, then I'll join in on that third stanza.
1: Sure. Why don't we do it that way? There's a lot of, there's a lot of repetition within the melody. Uh, for example, the first, second, and the fourth phrases of the melody are very much alike. Um, and a lot of tune, uh, hymn tunes have that shape uh, to them. It's almost like an A-A-B-A form, which makes it easy to remember and easy to sing. So yeah, here we go. This is uh, stanzas one and three. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, In light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes, Most blessed, most glorious, the Ancient of Days, Almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. To all life thou givest, to both great and small, in all life thou livest the true life of all. We blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not changes thee. Well done. Okay, we continue with the um, the litany from daily prayer. It sounds like the Kyrie, but the Kyrie is a mm-hmm, type of mm-hmm. it. Okay. O oh, Lord, have mercy upon us.
0: O oh, Christ,
1: have mercy upon
0: us. O oh, Lord. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart. That by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Almighty, merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and
1: preserve us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's Bible Study Podcast. It is our hope that it has helped you grow in faith and appreciation of our Lutheran worship traditions. Speaking of worship, remember that from Memorial Day through Labor Day, our Sunday services are at 8 and 9.30 a.m. And our Monday service remains at 6.30 p.m. God's peace be with you.